This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. England versus India. The Cricket Badger Test Match Daily Podcast. Can Joe Root's England dominate on home soil? Five mouth-watering test matches. Can Virat Kohli's India conquer the final frontier? Loving to talk test cricket every day. Hello everybody, welcome along. It's another edition of the Cricket Badger podcast. It's the England against India test match dailies. An element of frustration, I think, in the room today because we were looking forward to what could have been a really cracking few hours of cricket today. All results possible going into day five. But the English weather, it's blighted us again and we've had to abandon the play before, well, what time is it now? We're just after four o'clock on Sunday afternoon and the uh, match has already been called off. I'm joined by Raja Dav, Mark Hilton and Nakul Pandey today to talk about post-mortem on no cricket being played today. But our frustrations, I guess, Nakul, it was it was set up, wasn't it? And we never got to see, we'll never know what would have happened. Yeah, all of those alternate timelines converging on each other. You know, Risha Punt smashing the ball into the uh, into the River Trent to win the match, or or Sam Curran taking a hat trick to win the game, or you know, just breathe the boomer blocking out for. Th- th- this could be a very to, uh, this could be a very long podcast if you get through every single permutation. But I get your I get your point. But no, it was it was beautifully set up by Joe Root's hundred and just breathe the boomer's nine for uh, or his 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 five for yesterday. I think also by. Not just the the survival, but the the positivity when when the chances arose yesterday. Kl Rahul and uh, and Rohit Sharma and Chateshwar Pujara uh, as well. I mean, India India scoring fifty runs yesterday, not just surviving, but scoring fifty runs yesterday. I think would have made them favourites had we gone into today with a full or even kind of a half day's play. Uh, England, you know, nine wickets in a in a in a day is not is not impossible on a on a you know probably a fourth day pitch given the rain, but but still a. a, a Pitch that was doing plenty, and then with the we've seen the ball moving off the seam all, all test match. Uh, it could have been a cracker, but it just rained too much for too long. Raj, as a an Indian fan, 
where do you sit at the moment? Because India will have spent much of the five days thinking they were in control of that test match, maybe heading towards victory. Obviously, as I say, all results were possible. I actually think it was probably 50-50 going into day five. Um, my Indian Twitter followers don't believe that. They think they were ahead in the game. But where do you stand in terms of um, India's disappointment? Will they take moral victories from this, uh, this first test match or will they go away thinking that was a chance gone? I think that should be the attitude that they should take a moral victory out of this game and move forward in the series because there's a lot to play for. There's still four matches and, you know, India could turn the series into their head. But as an Indian fan, I was slightly more disappointed uh, with, uh, you know, the rain washing out the final day of play because yesterday in the final session, Rohit Sharma and Kale got, got to a good start. They, like Nakul mentioned, they put more than 50 runs on the board and, you know, India was standing a chance. But uh, not... Uh, I would not agree with all your Twitter followers who would say that, you know, India were cruising to a victory. Definitely not, because I also feel the game was much poised and in balance. It was 50-50 because Pujara was out of form, you know, then it was Kohli and Rahane to follow, you know, who are not getting runs under the belt as well. The onus was on more on Rohit Sharma, Pant and Jadeja to see India through. And, you know, in these conditions, Broad and Anderson, you know how dangerous they are in gloomy conditions. Just one wicket, you know, would have made sure that, you know, India could well uh, be with their tail. So it was 50-50. It was a, it was a riveting uh, final day for us. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, rain had other... It, it's such a travesty that the series had to begin on this note. As Knuckles' kind of parallel universes were suggesting there, it could have gone any which way, Raj, couldn't it? Because he, he, yeah, you could see a situation where um, Rohit and Cheteshwar bat most of the morning session and it's all almost done and dusted by lunchtime. But equally, Jimmy Anderson goes bang, 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 and all of a sudden um, the skids are underneath the Indian. Yeah, we'll never know. And that's the frustration of something like this. We'll never know what would have happened. Absolutely. You know, the game was in balance and we would have never known what would have happened. But, you know, the more and more the game was supposed to be shortened and, you know, overs got reduced, India had a stronger chance to win this test match because that would mean that they would have lesser overs to survive and they could have just gone bang, bang, bang with, uh, say, Rishabh Pant coming in the middle order and then Jadeja to follow in the late middle order. So India were slightly ahead in this game. They had their noses ahead, but definitely I wouldn't discount uh, the English fast bowlers in these gloomy conditions. So it was definitely a cracker of a final day for us, but unfortunately the rains had different plans. Mark, same question to you in reverse, really. Have England got away with it or can they take this as being maybe yeah, move on to Lord's thinking game on there? Well, I think they got away with it because my view is that in India would have won this test match today um, relatively comfortably. I know you could say it was on a knife that it was. But I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll come back at you on that because the stats would suggest that Trent Bridge isn't the easiest place to bat in the fourth innings. Only three scores to win of over 200 have ever made, been made in Nottingham um, mm. in, in the last innings. And I think uh, there was another stat about India's highest chase in, in, in at Trent Bridge or in England anyway, which was a lot lower than what they were chasing today. Maybe, but a lot of those stats in recent Test match cricket have been broken. They've been, you know, all those stats, you know, they, they get broken all the time these days about uh, highest scores and so forth. But I was confident after the start injury got last night that they were favourites to win this game. So I think England will have will probably think, yeah, we got away with it. They can go to Lords and dust themselves down and think, right, well, we've got four matches. Uh, we're at zero zero. We can learn mis- learn from our mistakes of this test match but as we said last night I think it would be a mistake for England to go down to Lords and just use it as an excuse to paper over the cracks uh, there are 
there are deficiencies in the England side, uh, not just in the batting. I think they need to get Leach in there as a bowler at Lords. The forecast uh, going into the Lords Test match is good, actually, for five days. They need to get a spin bowler into the side, particularly at Lords in August. Um, I don't think Sam Curran is a fourth seamer even on a good wicket as a fifth bowler I would have him in there. So really for me, you're going in there with three frontline seamers and Sam Curran. If you're going with the current side, they've got to find a way of getting Leach in and they've got to address some of the issues in the batting if they're going to beat what I think is a very, very, very strong India side. Cricket's a game played with balls. You've got to look after them in the field. Badges are furry creatures. My friends at manscaped.com help you make sure it's neat and tidy down there. Oh, get rid of all that excess fur. Make sure that you're neat and tidy. Make sure everything's in the right order. Oh, feeling all good now, Danimus set. Oh, manscaped.com. Maximum skin-safe performance, compact design, advanced engineering, ceramic blade, waterproof. And it doesn't end there. Show you care by caring for your pair. Cleansers, revivers, preservers. Simply go to manscaped.com, quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com. Get on there now. Raj, come back to you quickly. The Any lessons that India can take from this first test match in terms of negatives, lessons learned? So do you think it was actually a really good performance by India all the way through? I think a really good performance by India. But the only thing that they would worry about is uh, Pujara, Kohli and Rahane. You know, these three stalwarts of this Indian's test side needs to get those runs. Uh, that's the area where India is lacking. The biggest positive that they take out of this uh, test match is KL Rahul's performance because, uh, you know, he was not supposed to be the designated open opener, but, you know, he still performed well and he still showed that, you know, he had the technical ability to play overseas tours, especially against moving conditions. So the negatives, uh, I don't see a complete negative, but uh, maybe, you know, uh, Indians, the Indian bowlers are known to hunt in pairs in overseas conditions. In this game, I think that was lacking a bit uh Siraj was definitely you know he improved as as the test match progressed but in the first two innings he was a bit off color and then Shami in the second innings he was a bit off color Bumra being their standalone bowler in both the innings so maybe they would want to hunt in pairs in the coming test matches but other than that the only negative I see is Kohli, Pujara, Rahane they have to get runs on the board I want to talk to you about Siraj later on. Um, Knuckle, you were there yesterday, weren't you? Do you, you have a good day? Do you enjoy it? Did you enjoy watching Joe Root scoring a ton? It was a, it was a very good day of cricket all around. Uh, Joe Root, I don't think it was his best. I don't even think it was his best 100 of the, of the year, actually. I think the double 100 in Chennai might have been even better than this. But it was it was a fabulous innings. And it, he he scored with, with fluency, um, despite the fact that the ball was moving around. He, he had a very clear idea of where he was trying to score runs. Didn't play much down the ground apart from the 100. Drove really well through the covers. Played that late cut beautifully really punished India every time they strayed offline. It was it was a fabulous innings. And actually, I think the the support around him was decent in, you know, he's in fits and starts yesterday, but I think Bairstow looked pretty dangerous before he got out. Butler looked very assured before he before he misjudged that uh, that leave. Dom Sibley did his job, a slightly exaggerated version of his of his defensive job. But he Joe Root likes batting with Dom Sibley. They 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 put on they perform well in partnerships together. I think they complement each other quite well. Zach Crawley continues to be a worry. The fact that he's just, he's not, you know, he is not a bad player, but he has never, 
it's very rare that players outperform their county performances when they step up a level. I'll, I'll, I'll ask, I'll ask, let's talk about Zach Crawley because um, I looked at the stats last night. He's averaged 11 since, in 15 innings, I think, since his 267. And I asked the question on Twitter, was that the perfect storm? Was that where everything went right for Zach Crawley that day and he got a big double turn? Because either side of that knuckle, he's been pretty ordinary. And to be honest, if you took most batsmen out of county cricket and you put them in the test team for 15 innings, they'd probably average around about 11, wouldn't they? The, at worst, really. Yeah, that it's a curious one. You know, people will say, you know, take out that, but you know, you can't take out a 267 against a good attack. You, uh, you, you can't, but you, you've got to look at the tram. I mean, if I if I gave you a job knuckle and I said, right, I want you to do 30 days work for me, and you only really turned up one of those days, I'd sack you. Yeah, I'm. I I said before the start of the series, I wouldn't. I was. I was. I wouldn't have had. I would have had Hasib Amid at three to start this series, and I think that that case still remains. But Zach Crawley has a very high ceiling, but he is not performing at, uh, uh, at this point. He doesn't seem... He looked completely out... Uh, he can look completely at sea against New Zealand. He hasn't looked at in this test match, but he doesn't also look like he's ever going to uh, to push on and make a significant contribution uh, at, at the top of the order, either through staying at the crease or through scoring significant uh, significant runs. I think that there is... I think that now is, there is a good chance and a good case for Hasib Hamid and go with a very solid, almost old-fashioned style of top three. It's very slightly different to India's approach who are a little bit more positive, but, but it, that's fine. You know, it's not really about the approach per se. It's about how well you execute it. And I think Haseeb Hamid, I think, would have a better chance of scoring, uh, of, of doing a job for, for England than this iteration of, uh, of Zach Crawley, as much as I do think that there is a good player in there. But I think that the England were playing catch-up after that for, after that collapse in the first innings and get themselves in the game to some extent. I mean, the bowling was generally pretty good. Robinson was excellent throughout. Did, did, did we learn anything though, Knuckle? Because I mean, I, I, I thought about it last night. We learned that Joe Root can bat and we knew that already. We learned that there's a lot of other batsmen struggling in the in the lineup, and we learnt we knew that already. And we learnt that often in, in in English conditions, England win test matches or keep themselves in test matches by the bowlers bailing out the batsmen. That, that, have we actually learnt anything about England? It's this kind of the same old, same old, isn't it? Yeah, but I don't necessarily think you need to learn anything in in in, in that sense. I don't think that there are massive. You should always be learning, knuckle. Always learning. I don't think that there are massive. You know we can take this into Trent, into Lord's positives for England any more than I agree with Raj. I don't think there are many, you know, negatives, you know, score more runs is not exactly a plan for, for Koli Rahane and Pujara. You know, they, they would have wanted, Ishan Sharma failed a fitness test before the test match starts. If he's fit, I would expect him to play at Lord's, probably in place of Mohamed Siraj. The selection, I I wasn't sure about the about selecting Kakura ahead of Ashwin, but he bowled well. He did he bowled very well, did a very, very good holding role. I still think probably Ashwin is a better bowler and probably a better batter, but Parker did his job. And from what we heard at the post-match from Virat Kohli, it sounds like the one spinner strategy is going to be the way. And uh, Lords is not a particularly spin-friendly ground, so I can un- I can understand that. I would expect the two of them to play in tandem, certainly at Old Trafford and the Oval, and maybe Headingley, depending on the uh, depending on the weather. Um, I think they, the fact that even if Jadeja doesn't bowl much, he's so good with the bat at six or seven. At number seven, that he's he he can I think he can genuinely justify himself as a uh, as a lower order batter uh, alone. I do agree with Mark. I, you know, I was disappointed that Jack Lee didn't make the team for this for this test. I'm not a fan of going in with that specialist spinner. However, I can see England not picking him because Lords doesn't tend to do hasn't been particularly spinner friendly in the last few years. And when they've had the opportunity to play Jack Lee at Lords, they have not taken it in in recent years. Uh, remember. Or indeed a spinner at all. I mean, other Rashid, I remember played at Lords in 2018 and didn't bat ball or bowl 
in the in the test match. I think Dom Best did something similar um, in in recent years. So I can see them going with a uh, with a similar strategy in terms of the in terms of the bowlers. Karan and Jadeja, curiously, you know, sort of picked as bowling all rounders, as it were. But but more, both neither of them took a wicket, uh, and both were actually quite useful with the bat. So it was a, it was a curious one in in that sense. I, I don't think that we have learned anything in in that sense if you were if you were doing a guardian style five things we've learned i think more of them would be about india than they would be about england mark in terms of jack leach i i, I mean he's, he's he's not played at home for a long time now i saw an interview with him ahead of this series where he was saying he's looking for his chance the stokes absence is cautious thinking i think from england it shows that they are worried about their top order and why wouldn't they be? Because they've got every reason to worry about their top border. But Stokes' absence at five and the, and the overs he can give you have really been filled up by Curran and Robinson at eight and nine in that lineup, haven't they? To try and give it some cover and give the batting a little bit of depth. I, I agree with Nackle. I, I, I would be surprised if they, if they changed that side. I think they should, but I'd be surprised if they did. Yeah, I'd be surprised if they did, but I think they should. I think in terms of when you're looking at batters, I mean, I always say, if six can't, if six can't do it, why would seven? And that's because it's one one extra one. And if number seven gets a fifty, we had this discussion on WhatsApp. No, you, the, the more batsmen you have, the more chances you've got. Surely. Well, you know, I'm, you you, pay, you you got six batsmen. You, those six batsmen should be getting the bulk of the runs. Yeah, I think if you pick six batsmen, you should be relying on those six batsmen to get you the get you the runs. Yes, England are insecure. My argument about Sam Curran going into Lords is that I think on a good wicket, which Lords could be if they get dry weather, I don't think he's a very effective bowler on good wickets, if I'm being honest with you. I would see him as a fifth bowler in a test match side. I actually thought Sam Curran was underutilised as a bowler in this test match when the ball was swinging a bit, which is when he's dangerous. Are they using him the right way? Well, Sam Curran is useful when the ball's swinging and he's, you know, in English conditions on a green seamer. If you get him out of that that comfort zone, then his effectiveness declines. And that, that's reflected in his figures. Um, when he bowls in different different environments and his stats have generally got worse as he's gone and gone through his test career. He's a fifth bowler at best, I think, in the test match side. So I think it's very dangerous going in, in with four front-line seamers and Sam Curran has been one of those if you get five good days weather at Lords. You know, put us in this scenario, England get going to bat on day one, they score 270 or something like that, which would be about par for England these days in day one. India get the best of the batting conditions in day two and three. You know, the sun's, sun gets on the pitch. You've got Sam Curran not doing anything with the ball. You've got Jimmy Anderson at 39, Broad at 36, and, you know, and Robinson in his third test match. You need a spinner there, I think, and Leach is a quality spinner. Even if he doesn't take a huge amount of wicket there to do a holding role, and um, I think England are missing it. You know, England at some point in this series will regret that all-seam strategy when they go on a good pitch with good weather. Um, I'm a I'm a big believer in 99 times out of 100, and even on the hundredth one, I'd still kind of think about it long and hard. You bowl, you play a spinner in your side, regardless of who you are, because even if, as you say, even if it's a green seamer, and you may never get to him, you've got him up your sleeve if you might need him. What they ended up doing was playing the extra batter instead of Leach, because Sam Curran and Rolly Robinson could easily bat seven or eight. They're both very capable lower order batters. What they ended up doing was playing both Dan Lawrence and Johnny Bairstow, where I was expecting it would be one of them. Now they might end up switching that around, put it this way, the way to get Leach into the 11 is to leave out probably Lawrence of, of the two based on how the two batted in this test match. And, and Pope potentially comes back into the equation. Yes, he does if he's fit. 
I think you're, you know, I think you're kind of splitting hairs between the three of them. Um, although I do like Dan Lawrence, and he has scored some uh, some some useful backs against the wall runs uh, so far in 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 his in his Test career. That's what people at Essex tell me about Dan Lawrence. I've not other than him in an England shirt. I've not really seen a huge amount of him for Essex, but he scores tough runs for Essex. On the, when everybody else is kind of falling around him, he stays strong and, and sees Essex through to a good score, and that's a, not a bad trait, is it? No, it isn't. Uh, what he does, he is a he is a nervy starter. Uh, he does have a lot of very low scores in his test career thus far. <laughs> having brought Bairstow in and having uh, and he played okay, he but he looked quite good for. I mean, again, you know, we're talking quite goods and and quite well. And well, for, for all of the people on Twitter telling me that Johnny Bairstow should go now, I'm saying, well, you've just recalled him. You've got five test matches to play, and he was the second best English batsman on show. At Trent Bridge, you can't really drop that player, can you? I think it would be a confused selection or non-selection, as it were. Even though I don't think he should have played this Test match, um, so it's a curious, it's a curious one. He's done okay. He's certainly not he immediately on the chopping block uh, based on this Test match. I, I wouldn't have recalled him, Knuckle. But once you've recalled him, you can't just play somebody for one Test match and then say cheerio, can you? Not, not unless it's for a very specific tactical reason, or they've failed miserably, and neither of those are the case. Hmm. With Johnny Bairstow, so I, I would tend to agree, but I just don't think they will. I don't think that Leach will will play uh, uh, at Lords as much as I really do want him to, because I think England. I think there are very few circumstances in which having a spinner in your eleven is a bad thing. You are listening to the Cricket Badger Podcast. Um, Raj, let's get across to some of the Indian discussions here. Um, first of all, I want, I want to touch you about three things. Virat Kohli, Golden Duck, he's too good a player to worry about, isn't he? Well, yeah, I saw a lot of Indian fans turning on him a little bit on Twitter, sort of saying he's out of form and he's not scored a huge amount of test runs by his standards in the last year or 18 months. But you don't worry about Virat Kohli, do you? Absolutely. You know, the kind of standards that he's set, you know, that's why, you know, the scores of 50s, 60s are not looking enough for the kind of performances that he's... He's averaging, I think, 22 or 24 in the last 18 months in Test cricket. Right, right. Not that they've played the huge amount, but also, you know, they've played uh, in challenging conditions. They've played in Australia, they've played in England, they've played the World Test Championship. Well, he played played once in Australia before he went home. And that one Test match that he played in Australia in the first innings, he looked very, very good at Adelaide in the paintball test. So, I won't say that he's out of form. He's definitely, you know, looking uh, uh, the same Virat Kohli that used to be very compact and assured. But definitely, you know, it might be in his mind that, you know, he he got out of a golden duck in the first innings. And uh, now the Anderson clouds have started to gloom over his head again, where people are writing a lot is about it. Is he going to be Jimmy's bunny? That's the story, isn't it? Is he going to be yeah. Jimmy's bunny all the way through this series? Yeah, yeah. Ma- what about Mohamed Siraj then? I, I really like Mohamed Siraj. I think he's a terrific bowler. He's got a bit of an attitude though. Wasn't he? I commented on Twitter the other day. Just needs to calm down and concentrate on his bowling because he, he wanted to start a fight with everybody he bowled at. He was just almost squaring up to them and eyeballing them after every ball. It's getting a bit too much for me. I think Siraj in his early days, you know, he's just going to learn from here. And he he has that youthful exuberance about him here, and he, and he played under the leadership of Kohli in RCB all these years. So you can see where well, the even Kohli was telling him to calm down, though, which I've never seen that before. <laughs> if Kohli is telling you to calm down, then definitely, you know, Siraj. Yeah, so Siraj is 27 years old. I don't know if youthful, youthful exuberance is quite right. He did get a bit carried away yesterday. At one point, he was I, he he sort of 
Uh, a follow through is already an aggressive follow through, but his follow through was so aggressive he ended up appealing from Gully. Uh, it's quite, it's quite impressive. Mohamed Siraj is a is a good bowler, and you know he he was told to calm down a little bit, and I think there'll be some conversations about that. But if Ishant Sharma is fit, I would expect him to play. I actually enjoyed uh, Siraj's uh, antics. I think I like a good send off, so it's nice to see bowlers um, as long as it doesn't get to. Um too over the top to have a bit of banter with batsmen. I think we've all gone a little bit kind of soft, a little bit like that. So well, I mean, we we always disagree on everything, Mark. So uh, I, I, I'm sure you have a contrary view to me, but I do I do think, Mark, that sometimes I mean I know that my very mediocre standard at club cricket. If a bowler started um, sort of like eyeballing me a little bit and started bowling short or something, it gets the juices flowing, makes you concentrate a bit more. I, I, I can't you, you, unless you can really identify a serious flaw in a batsman's character, it can only surely spur a batsman. On. It can't be a positive thing. Probably not, no, but I think for the theatre of it, you know, just the theatre of it and, the, you know, just seeing a, a bowler trying to wind a batsman up is quite nice in, in some respects. Yeah. It, it was quite fun being there and it certainly got the crowd going, not always in a positive way. There were some people being a bit of a being a bit dickish towards him from the from the stands, which, you know, which is going to happen. I, I think, you know, from a sort of from a more kind of cold and calculating point of view, I think Coley realised it probably wasn't helping Siraj or his team. Yeah, I don't think it was nasty, particularly what happened yesterday. I just don't think it was all that helpful from a, from from Siraj from bowling point of view. My name is Jacob, and I sent the Badger a message, and now I'm on the podcast with this jingle. If you would like to get in touch with the Cricket Badger podcast, then tweet at cricket underscore badger seen some comments mark uh, i mean I, i've not got the stats in front of me um, and i'm not going to try and find them out but the number of days lost to rain in england i think he's probably over egged a little bit because i don't think there's been huge amounts of test matches certainly in the last two or three years where they've been rain ruined and abandoned like this one has and to be honest uh, at the start of this test match i was expecting far less cricket because the weather forecast throughout the five days was was awful apart from day one I've seen calls today on Twitter for roofs over stadium. Cricket stadium in, in England should have roofs on to guarantee play. That's going to cost millions. Um, yeah, and I think um, the drainage at test match grounds now is so good that as soon as it stops raining, they start playing. Unfortunately, today it hasn't stopped raining, uh, so they haven't played. And that's, that's quite unusual at this time of the year, even in England. You know, I'm a bit sceptical about roofs on cricket grounds and, you know, the atmospherics that that could cause in terms of, this, you know, the change in the nature of the game. I mean, cricket is about climate, it's about different environments. As soon as you start controlling the environment too much, it becomes artificial. The great thing about cricket, you know, cricket a bit like golf, it's a game that is based on, you know, the conditions and environment more than any other game in the world, which is why India come over here and don't play two spinners. You know, they don't play free spinners like you got Axel Patel on the side. That's what the beauty of the game. So as soon as you start putting roofs on stadiums, you start controlling the environment too much. And you have to accept that rain is part of, you know, it's part of cricket. That's just, it's part of the historic, it's just there. You know, you, you're, it's always a threat, particularly in England, but you just have to live with it. And you have to recognise that most of the grounds, well, all the grounds have got excellent drainage and you get back on most of the time. Raj, are you in, in agreement with that? I mean, I, I, I again referring to my Indian Twitterati, the consensus from them is it always rains in England. It's a disgrace. No cricket should ever be played in England. Is kind of some of the messages I've been getting. I also think maybe a long-term solution for this problem is maybe to have a reserve day for every Test uh, match that you play because now the World Test Championship points are at stake, and every Test match that you play, you know, you are playing for the World. They, they only take four apiece from this uh, this draw, don't they? 
Yeah, and with you know, with the COVID rules kicked in, even though they have introduced percentage points calculation also for World Test Championship for final points as well. So in that sense, that also affects a chances qualification for the finals. So in that sense, I would say maybe a long term solution would be to have a reserve day for say every Test match that you play. I don't know how logistically feasible is that, but maybe that's the way to go ahead. I mean, that, that's going completely against the guys like uh, Michael Vaughan, etc., that are arguing for four day Test matches. We kind of you're adding a reserve. I, I, I'm fairly sure Michael Vaughan, after that sixth day of the World Test Championship final, was also calling for a reserve day for every test match. I think for most tours, it just isn't feasible because you have, I mean, this test match, this series, we've got two back-to-back test matches, a gap, then three back-to-back test matches. Um, there's already only three clear days between the end of this test match and the start of the next one. Uh, you can't expect people to be turning around and playing a test match two days after they've finished the last one. It's just not, it, the schedule's already ridiculous for England and India. I just don't, Roofs, you know, we had a long discussion about about it on Gorilla Cricket this morning, not in a serious, like it, it's got to happen way, but just talking about, you know, Docklands Stadium, for example, in Melbourne has a roof. Yeah. That was a purpose-built stadium with a retractable roof. It's diff- That's very different from, you know, I know Lords is a bit more uniform now, but even so, the stands are all different heights and the, the, there are weird gaps. And Trent Bridge is lovely because it's got stands of weird heights. And a it'd lot be, of it'd be a roof at an angle, wouldn't it? It'd become by leaning on everything. Well, either that or you'd have to suspend it very high and have these all weird pylons and, and things like that. You know, it, you know, it's possible if they wanted to do it. I, I came up with a theory a while back, Knuckle, and this um, it might not be engineeringly or, or techno- technologically sound. Why can't you just kind of get some kind of massive inflatable above the ground to act well, as a, like an umbrella? I don't know, semi-serious, but at least someone thinking creatively thing that came into us was, you know, drones suspending a tarpaulin. I think, you know, from a from a practical point of view, if we're actually going to take this idea seriously, how much cricket do you lose and how much money do you lose against how much money you would save against how much money you'd have to spend to cover a ground a pre-existing ground with a roof and go through all the planning permission and if it's all on financial they're all insured for um, rain as well the test matches if you lose a full day to, to rain or each of the grounds is insured against that yeah team. you know the grounds are full the TV contracts are still good I j- it's not going to happen anytime soon we don't England doesn't lose whole test matches to rain you very rarely lose whole days of test cricket to rain. You know, it happens every now and again, or and it's and it probably will start happening more and more with climate change making rains more extreme. But the the, the pitches are so bowling friendly that the game moves along enough anyway that you can finish a game in three and a half, four days of actual play most of the time. Of course, it's frustrating, and all of this stuff is coming. I think a lot of the people in your mentions are probably like are probably just a bit frustrated and probably not taking themselves or the suggestion all that seriously. Or oh, they they they're very very serious about it, but they are frustrated. Uh, Mark, give the umpires a massive umbrella. Yeah, could have a massive umbrella. You know, like Knuckles says, we could have drones above stadiums. Can two umpires support the weight of a, what, 150-yard across umbrella? <laughs> yeah, it's got, it's got all, sorts a try. Um, all sorts of things we could do, couldn't we? But I think, as Knuckles says, I mean, the game moves along quickly enough as it is. This game could have been completed easily within three, three and a half days. You know, cricket is a game of of environment and conditions. And by placing a roof on top of a cricket ground, you take away that variable. You, so. can, you can imagine the roof coming across. Like, it, like, like at Wimbledon, it takes half an hour to get across. By the time you start, the ball's swinging round corners, doesn't it? And what, what happens? You've got a roof on for a day, then you take it off for a day. And then you just, no, you just have to accept that rain is a part of cricket. Where, 
I saw something, Sean Pollock, um, they used to train indoors sometimes. And he was saying that actually the ball was swinging so much, so late, so violently, that it was actually quite dangerous for the batters because it would suddenly be on a completely different line from where it started at 90 miles an hour. I I completely understand that practically maybe it's impossible to have an extra reserve day, but maybe I'm missing something. I want you guys to enlighten me. Yesterday when the day was over, I think it was day four and when they called off day I think it was bright and sunny I'll come in there Raj because this is a big bugbear of mine I think I mean I I know there are very prescriptive rules for the umpires and they're all written down I think there's got to be scope and this is anywhere in the world not just in England but there has to be scope for umpires to use their common sense at times I mean I'll give you an example T20 blast game this is going back a bit but at uh, at Chesley Street we'd been sat there all day there was pretty much a full house at uh, Chesley Street waiting to watch Durham against Yorkshire and we'd been sat there for about three hours I'd got there really because I was doing radio commentary that day but I'd watched the ground staff mopping everything up they'd kind of done about 95% of the ground by the time it got to the cut-off stage and then it was too late. The crowd were then told to go home and all of these different things about claiming refunds and everything like that. If they'd given it another 20 minutes, there was only a little portion of the covers that needed drying up. They could have had a five-over game and everybody goes home happy after seeing some entertainment. There's got to be, in these rules and these in the umpire's kind of guidelines, just use your common sense sometimes. Yeah. I would say, I mean, the specific example, it was actually quite gloomy yesterday at Trent Bridge towards the end of play. Like, I don't don't think I don't know how much more cricket they could have feasibly got in before it started becoming a bit silly. I, I've seen suggestions. I saw Nasser Hussain on Twitter yesterday, who's not normally given to bandwagon jumping, talking about you know why can't they start early if they know that there's weather around in ten thirty. I mean that's a poss- that's a possibility. I, I don't know that. I don't know that making regulations based on the off chance of showers and rain is a good idea. It just becomes re- it becomes even messier. It's hard enough to work out the, the the session times on the last day anyway, because it's a because it's it's all very up in the air, and you get sort of all variability all over the place anyway. And particularly the last hour, the regulate the World Test Championship regulations for the last hour were completely baffling, and I read them multiple times. I think in general, the eleven to realistically six thirty, going on to seven or seven thirty if you've lost some overs, works plenty well enough. Uh, for the for the most part, and sometimes you just have to live with the fact that sometimes it's going to rain too much, uh, and unfortunately, there isn't a lot you can do about it. You know, you think of it in terms of if you put yourself in the shoes of a batter, there are a lot of batters who got out today from balls you really can't do anything about. You just have to hope, you know, hope you miss it or hope the rain misses you. There, there are sometimes there isn't anything you can do as much as we all get frustrated watching the rain. One final question to all of you, and I put this on Twitter the other day and got uh, loads of comeback from Indian supporters saying, well, what about this and what about that? But I noticed after Joe Root got his 100 yesterday, not, well, I, I said initially, not a single one of the Indian team applauded him. And then somebody sent me a video to show me that so whoever's feeling at deep mid-wicket did actually clap for a couple of seconds, but nobody else did. I think Raj in cricket and people that come back came back to me and said, look at football, when somebody scores a goal, the opposition don't applaud. It's a completely different thing. In cricket, there's a kind of, you play hard, you play to win, but then you give your opposition a little bit of a kind of a clap or a pat on the back or a, a nod or a thumbs up or whatever it is that you, your chosen way of doing it. Just to say, I respect what you've just done there. That's a good knock. And then you get on with it, don't you? Absolutely. I think I agree with you, but I... I would also admit that I missed the Joe Root century moment. So I don't have the complete photographical or graphical evidences to back up my answers. But uh, I don't think the Indian team is a bit uh, 
arrogant on that regard because I, I, it's a, I tell you why, why it surprised me Raj because I actually think there's a really good relationship between India and England you see Root, Root at the crease he's always smiling to Virat Kohli at a slip and there's a little bit of kind of like to and throw between those two that's why it surprised me Absolutely. And if uh, they did not, then perhaps, you know, they should have applauded because, you know, cricket is different to football. Like you said that, you know, whoever has a monumental achievement, you know, players just back up with applause. And I think the Indian cricket team has never fallen short on this regard when it when they have toured overseas. And, you know, especially Virat sets the right example, even though he's very, very aggressive on his field and very aggressive on a stone as such. But he definitely, you know, respects his opponents. And I'm not sure what happened in that particular moment, but... That, that's why that's why it surprised me, Raj, because I was I, w- I wasn't expecting that to happen. Um, Mark, if I mean the other way round, if Virat Kohli scores this beautiful century, do you expect to see the England fans saying, "Well played, Virat," and getting on with it again? Yeah, if Virat Kohli scores a great century, I expect, to, expect the England fans to give him a good a good round of applause, and I expect the players, I mean, yeah, to, the, yeah, the players also to kind of show to show their appreciation. I think it's important that we keep that in the game. It's important that we don't we don't lose sight of what the game is about. And we don't start taking things far, far too seriously that we can't appreciate the opposition. I mean, the only thing I would say is that, you know, these players, because they go around in franchise cricket a lot and they they know each other a lot more than possibly they used to in the past because they spend more time with each other generally. So maybe they feel, you know, they know Joe well, they know they, they know they get on well with him. So he's just like well, not it's not not disrespectful, not not applauding him. It's just we know him, we'll congratulate him later, we speak to him all the time, whatever. Because I think they live with each other more now in bubbles and in franchise cricket so maybe the culture on field is changing a little bit but even so we shouldn't we shouldn't we shouldn't forget what cricket's about and we shouldn't we shouldn't forget the values of the game that that's that's saying knuckle that that's not cricket i mean that saying came out of the fact that people play as in inverted commas gentlemen you, you basically as i say play hard but you respect each other and you you give each other the right kind of respect yeah, although there's quite a lot of classism taught, um, bound up in both of those phrases. The it's not just cricket and the playing, playing the gentleman's game thing. There's a lot. Of, I know. It comes there's a lot of the, class. There's a lot of class. It comes back snobbery. to the toff, the toffs, and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot. But, there's a lot of class snobbery in both of those statements. I. It is unusual. I mean, you there's a lot of mutual respect between all of these top players. I think partly what Mark's saying about the fact that they all, a lot of them, play with each other quite a lot. I think a lot of that antagonism and dislike for each other has gone out of the game and actually made it better in that respect because mm. in in a, you know people say you know you know you can't be friendly and competitive but you never try harder than when you're playing against your mate you know that you you always want the little bragging rights and it, and it means more when you actually like the person and actually yeah. you, you, that that respect and you know i've seen root and coley congratulating each other when they've got hundreds of, you know i've seen coley running from slip to uh, to go and shake someone's hand and root do vice versa so it wasn't immediate at the ground it didn't it wasn't immediately obvious there was no sort of you know, there was. They did, so if they did, if there was anyone clapping, I didn't see it and make, didn't make a big deal of it. To be honest, the whole ground was standing to Joe Root, so it was quite hard to. No one was really paying attention in the ground. Mm. Yeah, 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 and but the whole ground was. You know, there was there's a recognition completely of the from the from the fans of how good or not that was. And I think Joe Root is generally pretty popular on the international circuit among players of all teams. It got a little bit aggro yesterday, as it, you know, England India series. You know, God knows there's it's not an England India series or a big three series without a diplomatic incident at some uh, at some point. But uh, you know, Root and Coley were having a laugh with each other about their 
mutual terrible use of reviews in this game and Root was having a little chat with Pujara about, about something or other from their Yorkshire days. I think it was played in generally a pretty good spirit. How long that will last, I don't know. But uh, yes, I would I would like, you know, at least just a little a little clap. You don't have to you know, make a big deal of... Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm not asking for a guard of honour or anything ridiculous. I'm just, yeah, a couple of claps and then say, well played. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I certainly I would like that in any game that I'm playing in or, or watching. I don't think it's a massive deal, although I'm sure people will make it out to be one. Let's... Um say goodbye for today let's say goodbye to this first test match finished in very unsatisfactory manner hasn't it as we move into well, but we've got four more to look forward to so that's the good thing about five test match series one goes and it's a little bit unsatisfactory we're looking ahead to Lords now and uh, we'll be back again tomorrow with a new panel and we'll uh, have a little bit of a look back on the first test match but look ahead to the Lords test as well then we have a day off on Tuesday and then we're back every single day through that second test match can't wait for that one and as Mark says the weather forecast is changing so if you're listening in India and you're just thinking it only ever rains in England and it's going to be like this all summer, it's not. We're going to have a good second test match and hopefully they'll uh, may the best team win. Raj, Knuckle and Mark, thank you very much for your time today and uh, I will see you all again soon. I will hopefully see or see all the listeners again soon, talk to all the listeners again soon and uh, certainly see you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Join us after every day of this England versus India test series. We will see you again tomorrow. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.